0: It's amazing to see the unity in this place this morning. Amen? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Scoot this back a little bit. I'm back. <laughs> ah, man. For those that don't know me, my name is Bert Wellman. Um, I have the pleasure of serving in this house as an elder. And uh, when I'm not eldering... <laughs> I moonlight as a civil engineer, um, so so if you if during the message you hear some scientific talk or engineer talk, forgive me ahead of time. You know I'm just you know operating in, in, in my identity. <laughs> uh, but you know I'm just just so happy to be here with you guys, and you know those that know me, I uh, I love to embarrass my kids, and so I see all all three of my daughters are here today. So, hi, daughters. Hi. <laughs> normally, uh, normally, when I drop them off at school, I'm like turning the music up real loud, rolling the windows down, or, you know, like yelling at them, we'll see you later, have a great day. They just absolutely love that. <laughs> but, uh, man, so, you know, today, I, uh, I don't know about you guys, but my schedule is... Uh, my schedule's free till about five, so you know I'm, I'm I'm good with with being up here. And you know normally they just give me a couple of minutes to talk to you guys, but I've got like four or five hours, so I'm good. If y'all are good, maybe we can pause here in a little bit. You know, at noon we can show some of the NFL games on the big screen. You know, I hear the guys all all clapping about that. In <laughs> the in the girls, yeah, yeah. All right, well. The, the topic that God gave me today was humility. And, and so, you know, before I, before I get into that, I just wanted to, to say that we're going to follow God's lead today. And I don't know what that looks like. You don't know what that looks like. But God does. And so that's what we're stepping into. And so basically me being up here is like inviting you into my space with God, right? And, and my voice it just gets to vocalize you know, what he's already talked about to me and, you know, and, and you guys get to be invited into that. But you guys have your own space with God and, and he's talking to you as well. And so what I've learned to realize and what God has given me confirmation on is my revelation is not your revelation, right? He's going to give me things to talk about. Those that, are, those that have the, the honor and privilege of, of speaking, we're getting things that God's saying for the house, but our revelation is not your revelation. So as God invades your space this morning, you know, allow him to do something new. Allow him, allow him to, to say something and, to, and for you to hear something that you've never heard before, right? Getting your own revelation, going, going to what is he saying to you specifically. And so by the end of this message, my declaration, it's not just my declaration, this is heaven's declaration, and it's also the house's declaration, is that you experience a freedom that you've never experienced before, Amen. A freedom to just operate in who you are and your identity. And so, you know, with 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 humility, there's uh, some things that I've experienced in my life. And if there was one topic that you know I could you know probably speak on, it, it is humility. Um, and the reason being is because. <laughs> It was, like, literally driven into me since I was a kid by my, by my mom. And, you know, growing up in sports, you know, she would always tell me, hey, be humble and hungry. Be humble and hungry. I can't tell you how many times I heard that phrase and her say that. And I know, it, you know, it, it, at the time, I was, like, you know, humble and hungry. Like, I, you know, I, don't, I didn't know what that means t- for, for all I knew. It was just like, okay, well, if I got a base hit or a home run in baseball, you know let's let's not celebrate so much let's you know let's 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 act like we've been there you know so i had my own i have my own like ideas of what humble and hungry really really was and really looked like and so woo <laughs> so you know my mom passed uh, 12 years ago and so um I asked God recently, I was like, you know, she was telling me all the time, be humble and hungry, humble and hungry. And again, like I said, you know, I had my own idea. And what God was showing me recently is like, there's a reason why she said that, you know. And where you are right now, you know, is, is the reason. Is the reason she was declaring that into your life. And I know we had a baby, we had a baby dedication this morning, so parents, just know that what you say to your children will last a lifeline, lifetime. They will, they will always know and remember when you speak into their life, you're speaking identity into them. And that's what my mom did for me when she was, when she was telling me that all those years, just speaking identity into me. And I didn't even know it, but, but that's what she was doing. And so when we, when we look at humility, there's, there's something that we have to also understand that operates in opposition to humility, and, and that's the spirit of pride. And so we know that we know that pride is prevalent in in this nation and in our culture. It's, it's prevalent in me, you know. You know, when you look in the have to look in like pastor says you, know, you look in the man in the mirror, you have to deal with that every day, right? And so how uh, how pride is operated in my life, you know, is. When you know I was sharing with me, my mom passed away 12 years ago. So after she passed, there was a season, a long season, where um, I disconnected from him. I disconnected from relationship. Uh, I didn't, you know, I I didn't want to have any intimacy with with God. I didn't I didn't want to be in His Word. I just wanted to work. So I like literally threw myself into my job for a good, you know, probably seven years. That was my that was my season because I didn't want to deal with I didn't want to deal with the pain and the hurt, you know, of of losing her, right? And seeing how that how that was operating in my my family, my children, you know, and it's like, well, let me just get my focus off of it and I'll focus on this over here. I'll focus on work. And what I didn't realize was was pride. Pride was building up in me in such a way that I couldn't even see what the enemy was doing in my own household. Amen. And so um, there was a there there was just that season that I struggled through. I really struggled through. But but knowing now what I know is there's a reason for that. Right. And you know, God had a plan the whole time, and he was working that out in me. He was working that out in my wife. He was working that out in my children. And and our support system that we had was amazing. And what led to being free from that pride was humility and, and humbling myself and saying, God, I need to know you. I need to know you more. I need I need to know who you are. Like, and 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 be mindful, I, I was raised you know, in church. I, I had an understanding of God. I, I thought I had a relationship with Him. And, and in fact, I've spoken to people before. <laughs> You know, and giving messages, you know, we, we served down at the homeless shelter for years. Um, but that, there was that dry season in my life. And, and so humility is what brought me back to a reality of who I really was as a son of God and, and who my, what my identity was. And, and it formed, basically what it did for me is it became a platform for my life and for God to build on. So, you know, in, in that, I wanted, to, I wanted to read a scripture that, that really captures what God is after, you know, and what, what he's against and what he's after in our lives. And that's James 4, uh, James chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, and I, I got my Bible. This is my Bible that I've had for a long time. So I'm like, man, this just it feels good to to read Read, the, read these words because I've, uh, I've, I've read these words for so many times. And then this season I'm actually talking about, um, yeah, this came to life. This came to life for me. So James 4, 6, but he, gave, he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes, opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It says, submit yourselves then to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. And so that, that platform of humility, it formed in that, in that season. And, I, you know, I had to understand what the enemy was doing in my household. I mean, he was coming in, raping and pillaging my household because I basically just wanted to do my own thing. And so when God forms that platform of humility, you know, I, I start to think of, a how the process of a house foundation or a building foundation, and again, you know, engineering background. So I know from my background what all goes into that foundation, right? There's, there's prepping the ground. There's digging footers all around the, the foundation. There's framework. There's, there's wood. There's pipes that have to be brought up. There's so many things that go into that Foundation process before concrete is even poured, and so what God was showing me is like this: this humility that I was experiencing in this season. It was like a platform was God. God was giving me this platform to to build something solid, something firm on, right. And it was only humility that even gave me the opportunity, right, for God, for Him, for God to pour a foundation in my life. And so we want to understand that humility is the beginning, the beginning step, the first step of returning to God, the first step of being intimate with him, the first step of experiencing his compassion, experiencing his love for others, right? Not only for ourselves, but for others. And so we know that, and, I, and by the way, I have notes, right? You guys can see these notes. Um, this is, you know, probably good information. Um, God, God's gonna lead us. <laughs> these notes aren't gonna. These notes aren't gonna lead us. Um, and so, I just wanna, I just wanna point that out. You know, that we a lot of times we'll have good information. You know, and we, and we think, right? We think we know what we're doing, and then God shows them and says, nah, you don't really know what you're doing, son. <laughs> uh, but there's, there's one story that really, really captured what I was experiencing in, in, the, uh, in that season I was talking about. Because you have to also remember, you know, my background, even though there was that, that always that humble and hungry, sometimes I took that the opposite way. Sometimes I took that like, oh, I'm inferior. Like, I'm, I'm, not, like, I'm not a strong person. I'm not a, I'm not a good person. I'm just like this lowly, you know, human being. And so a lot of times the enemy used that message that my mom gave me, and he used that against me because I started putting myself in a, in a position of not being important. And then, you know, from that place came shame. Um, it came humility. Uh, but... Not not and like I said, humility, but the but humiliation. It's you know, and, and the enemy will bring humiliation and confuse that with humility. And so, you know, that's that's a lie. Okay, let's just call that out. Humiliation is a lie because we're not we're not from we're not operating from a place of condemnation, right? And and humility when we operate in that, there's no con- condemnation in that because God is all in that. So Getting to this this the story, the scripture, it's in Matthew 8. I'm sorry, not Matthew 8. Matthew 15, verse 21 through 28. And I'm gonna read this because I just kind of want, want you to, to get, get the feel for, for what was going on. And, and it's the story of the uh the Canaanite woman. Okay. So Matthew 15, chapter 21, it says, uh Matthew 15, uh, verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from, a, from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word, and so his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. And he answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. And then the woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. We've been in that place before. Some of you are in that place right now. <laughs> you're, just, you're just at his feet saying, Lord, help me. And you've had to get through a lot to get to that place. Amen. That's where I was. And the woman came and knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. she said, he replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. See, the the woman had an opportunity to allow the enemy to say, you're humiliated, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, Jesus is not, he's not like about casting insults, okay, so this was, this was the language of the time, right, a dog, a dog was, was a, uh, considered a Gentile, right, so, uh, or a Gentile was considered a dog in that, in that time, because, because they were, in Hebrew, it, it talks about Gentiles being like wild animals, so, so, like that was that was the language that was attached to it, but from her perspective, right, the opportunity for her to take that and and run run with it from a negative place was very high. Amen. It was it was a very high chance that she could have ran with that and be like, well, I'm not worthy. I'm I'm just a dog. You know, I'm I'm this lowly person. You know, I don't I not worthy. I'm not worthy to even be in Jesus' presence. But no, she didn't. She stayed there. She stayed in his presence. She stayed after him, and with her request and her revelation of like, God. I know that I'm not a Jew. I know I'm not in in the, you know, in that in that perfect will. But I'm going to recognize that you are still my provider. I'm, I'm going to recognize that you are still worthy to be trusted, and I will take anything that I can get from you, Lord. What does that look like? That's worship. That's worship. She was worshiping Jesus in that moment. She put herself aside. She put her, she put her thoughts about herself, the humiliation that could have occurred in that moment. She put that all aside and says, God, I want you, and this is all I want. And Jesus recognized that as faith. He recognized that as faith, and so our humility leads us into faith, amen, and that's, 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 one, of the, that's one of the first things that God showed me in this message is how, how the, you know, the foundation is poor, right, the concrete and everything, and now we have something to build on, right? Now we have that faith in our lives and our spirit. We have that to build on that God can use to build us up into who we are, into our identity. And you know, the one thing about the one thing about faith is, you know, when you you know, you know the scripture Hebrew in you know, Hebrew 1, 1, says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Well, <clears throat> is that a relationship with Jesus? Can we, can we necessarily see him? Can we necessarily, you know, do we, you know, do, is there like Right? There's like, there's, there's faith in relationship with him. And so God was just showing me and highlighting how, how faith operates from that platform, from that place of us humbling ourselves and just coming to him and be like, I don't have anything else to give. I I don't have anything. You know, I, I recognize you as my provider. I recognize you as my source. Amen. And so um we know that whew, thank you, Father. Mm. Yes, Lord. I feel like God is saying to you that his love is immeasurable. A foundation is poured and there's an amount of concrete in that. But his love for you cannot be measured. It cannot be, it cannot be taken away. It cannot be destroyed. There's a love that he has for each and every one of you that he's given you the opportunity to receive. And so he wants you to receive that today. Amen. Whew. Yes. So from that place that foundation, right, faith, we know that God is with us. We know that we have an opportunity to have a relationship with him. And so when we're operating that true humility, putting ourself aside, our pride aside, by the way, the definition of humility I've found out is the freedom from pride or arrogance. <laughs> so, man, it's just the, the, the opportunity that, that the enemy has to, to to take negative things is great, but the the ability for God to come in and, and, and invade our space and show us that we have freedom, we have the ability to for, to love Him because His love doesn't get, into, you know, doesn't be taken away from us. Oh man, it's just so powerful when we, when you start to think of that. And so. With that, the, the foundation is in place. And there's a moment that we realize that we can have intimacy with God. We can have intimacy with God. He was showing me uh, a, a picture going back to the, and when I say picture, like a vision, you know. And it was like I was taken back into the Garden of Eden when. Uh, the moment right after Adam and Eve um, made their decision, right to take from the tree of knowledge, so the the moment that God showed up and called out for Adam, I felt like God. I felt like God dropped me right into that moment to experience that, and it was like when God called out and Adam said, "You know, we were hiding. We were afraid. You know, we were we were naked, and we, you know, basically we needed to be clothed." And, God was his first response was, "Who told you you were naked?" And it's just like for me, I, I in that moment I experienced what God was feeling. Like he showed up, like so excited to walk with Adam, walk with his son, his daughter, and like he was like, "Yes, we're gonna get to spend time together." And then he and then he gets this news. He gets this, he, not that he didn't know already, right? But he sees he sees what the decision has caused, and he's like, "Oh." You know, who told you you were naked? Basically, you know, how did they didn't even know they were naked before? They were operating in such an intimacy with God, and a closeness with Him that they didn't even they didn't even know what that meant. They didn't have a definition of nakedness, and so it just it just it just showed me in that moment when I when God placed me in that just His compassion and His desire for intimacy, for relationship with us, is so high, is so great, right? And, man, when we have the opportunity to step into that, he's the only one that matters. And and when we come from a place of worshiping him, when we're at his feet and saying, Lord, help me, it's that attitude of worship that brings us back into that intimate relationship with him. Yes, there's, you know, he sent his son, and, and Jesus, man, Jesus is that, that person that we're, we fall on our knees to worship him, and he's the answer. He's, he's, that, he's that firm foundation, amen, that, that God is building things up in our lives, and, and, and he's, that, he's that source that we need. He's the reason why we don't have to operate in pride. He's the reason why we have freedom from that. He's the reason. Amen? And so, um, God's telling me to stand firm in who I am and repent from who I'm not. Because I'm I'm not someone that basically ignores his family for seven years. I'm not someone that you know, doesn't speak into his children's life for a period of time. I'm not someone that just throws myself into my job and makes that the most important thing, right? Those are the things that tried to define me in that season, tried to define my family. But God wasn't having it. He wasn't having it. And when I came to that place of humility, right, is when relationship happened and I stepped into the identity So, so God desires a oneness from us. So another story about a year ago. <laughs> uh, for again, for those that know me, I I'm not a morning person. Um, you know, I've always needed an alarm. Every, like ever since I was a child, I've needed an alarm to wake up. And even when I had the alarm, I you know snooze like nine, ten times. Anybody can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. So it was so bad when I was growing up that, you know, I wouldn't get up. My mom would come in there, like, every morning. Like, I feel so, God forgive me. I feel so bad because she she would just be on me, like, get up, get up, get up. And finally, one morning, she brought a water gun in there, and she was, like, spraying me down with water. You know, I'm up, I'm up. But then, then she got wise, and she let me sleep. She let me sleep through a, a very important practice and meeting for football. And, uh, yeah, that, that one hurt. That one hurt. So she, she got wise and she realized I need a little bit of pain, need a little bit of hurt to, uh, to really understand, you know, what, what my decisions were doing. And so, um, so uh, coming back to a year ago, I, I just kept getting w- waking up, woken up. You know like early morning, three, four a.m, you know I'd be like, "Well, I'll just you know go back to sleep." You know, I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on, and uh, and so then I finally realized, I got wise. I'm like, God's trying to talk to me. you know he's trying to talk to me." And so I started to I started to get up. Because it, here, here's what I justified. I was like, God, I'll just lay here, and I'll receive you. I'll receive your your message. And, you know, I'm just ah, right here in my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't work out very well. <laughs> he was like, get up and move. Get up. And so I was obedient, and I got up and just started, started listening to him. And... Uh, this happened for a few nights. It wasn't like every morning, but he would wake me up, and I would be obedient getting up. And then we got to a place where I still had my alarm, right? My, my alarm was, was set every morning. I was still snoozing it because I would go back to sleep after my little time, you know, because you know, I deserved my little, my, you know, my sleep. Um, and so, you know, he finally told me, he said, you don't need that alarm. You don't need that alarm because you need to trust in me. I know Mr. Dan has a very similar story because he's told me that before in his life and what God did with that. But he did it for me too, Dan. (laughs) He did it for me too. And, uh, man, Uh, so he said, trust me. He said, trust me. You don't need that alarm. And so, sure, I didn't set the alarm. And sure enough, he, he got me up. He got me up every morning. I would go spend time with him. I would be, I would be open to him. So that, that's the true place of intimacy. Because yes, God loves you and He wants to be with you, but when we're still closed off, there's not true intimacy happening. And we have to, we have to be able to open up to Him. And you're, you're like, what do you mean open up? God, God knows. God knows our heart, right? We, we hear that saying all the time. God knows my heart. Yes, he does, but he wants to hear you. He wants to, he wants to know you. He wants, he wants to be able for you. He wants to have relationship in such a way that you're being so open to him that it, it looks like nakedness. And you go back to that, you go back to that place where he initially intended for relationship with man to be from that place of just pure, oh, God, I'm just naked before you and just oh, love, I love your presence. Uh, please don't get a, please don't get a, a <laughs> please don't get the wrong idea. But, but man, God has, has such a way of, of showing you what that really means to be intimate. And see what happens then when I started to be intimate with him in that way and, and just allow myself to be exposed and, and naked before him, naked spiritually before him, there was there an was invitation there that of, of greater, uh, just a greater way of knowing him that I cannot explain. It's like, it's just something where you step into it And you start to know who God is. You start to know his desires for your life. You start to know his desires for your family. And he can talk to you. He can talk to you in a way where you're just walking with him. You know, just walking with him in the garden. And it offered such such an amazing way for me to connect with him. But then, guess what? Started to see things in my own family, right? Started to see connection being built, Uh, a greater greater intimacy and relationship with my wife. There was things, the fruit of that started to happen. And I I started to to get revelation of that freedom, what freedom really looked like, what freedom really was, to, to be free of myself, be free of my own desires, to wanna sleep in and experience, you know, that that, you know, beauty sleep, you know, whatever whatever the case may be, but I got past that because I desired a relationship with him. And that's really what he wants us to step into. So I wanna kinda of going back to that in the same in the same mindset. You know, sometimes we're so we're so hard on ourselves that we that we get to the point like they did in the Old Testament, where it's like, "Oh God, everything is horrible right now. Like things are falling apart. I can't keep anything together. You know, there's everything's going wrong right now. It's so negative. Like, uh, and, and what they did in the Old Testament was in those moments of grief and sadness and despair, they would rip their clothes." you know, and just, and just tear their garments in front of God and just basically just render themselves to God because they had nothing else. They were like, God, what else can be taken from me, right? And I, and I know that a lot of you have felt that way. Some of you may be in that place right now. I know that I've felt that way. But instead of just being from that place of, oh, you know, like surface level, right there's 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 surface, and there's like intimacy, right surface tells me, oh, uh, if I just rip my clothes and cry out to God you know and and you know do all the right things and check the boxes, you know God will move, and he'll show up, and he probably will by the way, but there's a place of intimacy that he wants to have with us, and so he showed me the scripture, Joel 2.13. And it says, So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. And see, from that place of rending our heart, right? It's not checking the boxes, tearing our clothes, Oh, God. But it's like, God, here's my heart. I have nothing else to give. Here's my heart. Oh, I'm open to you. God, what are you saying to me right now? What do you, oh, how can I submit? How can I be humble? How can I operate from this place of humility? And so um, I had that influence in my life as well. And, and my dad is here, and he, <laughs> he, he had that influence on me. He had an influence of, of love. Uh, he, he's like a self-proclaimed, uh, soft-hearted guy. Uh, but, but he showed me what it is to, to love. Love his kids. You know, be there for them. Have, have a heart that is not so hard and so resistant, Right? I knew, I mean, yes, I would get in trouble, yes, he would yell at me, yes, you know, I was stubborn, he was stubborn, we went through our challenges, but I never questioned, I never questioned that he loved me, and I always knew that I could go to him, and so for me, having that influence, it helps me connect in a greater way to this to this verse, because you know when you rend your heart there's there's a a place of doing that from from a from no just no limitation, right? And just like in our relationship, I knew there's no, no limitation there. There was, there was always love. It's the same with us and God. When we rend our heart to him, he's saying, son, daughter, come to me. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to slap you down. You're going to learn some lessons along the way. It's going to be, it may not be the easiest process. But I'm going to love you. And I do love you. I do love you. Rending, rending our heart. Returning to him. For he is gracious and merciful. Uh, what a powerful, what a powerful message from what he's what he's saying to us right now. There's a the last the last point that he gave me, and what humility leads us into is compassion. Compassion, because that's what Jesus is all about. I mean, that's who, that's who he is. He's basically God, not basically, he is God on earth. He's love that manifested into a body and showed up and dwelt among us. Amen. And so my revelation of compassion is love and action. So we love someone, but what in our hearts about that love is going to move us into a place of demonstrating that love, move us into a place of caring about someone else so much that you're willing to do something to show that love? and this this is not from a place of condemnation because we all have been in that place where like oh i need i know i need to you know i need to do this or do that and love love that other person this is not about performance okay so let's get that out of our let's get that out of our mindsets it's not about performance this is a love that is so real and so pure and so genuine right that he is just he freely gives it to us, He puts it right here in our spirit so that we have him. We have him in, inside of us. And wherever we go, we're able to give him away. And that's not, I know that that message is not something that's new. You guys have heard that before. But when you have a revelation of humility and coming from that place of, of true intimacy with him, Having that foundation that he's built in your life, man, there's something different about it. There's something different about compassion and, and, and knowing what that really looks like. Because it's not just lip service. It's moving. It's doing what from that, from that place. It's giving life away. And that's what, that's what, we, that's what we have the opportunity to do here, right now, right now, not in the future, don't worry about yesterday, (laughs) right now, give life away, freedom, if I was telling the creative team this Friday, if I were to stand at the door and greet every one of you as as you walked away and say, what was the one thing you got from the message, And, and you said, I know that I am free to have relationship with God, to have intimacy with Him, and I'm free to love and give life away, man, you got it. You got that. And so freedom, freedom to give life away because that's who you are. That's your identity. That's how He designed us to operate. Amen. So Proverbs 22, 4, the Passion Version says, laying Your life down in tender surrender before the Lord will bring life, prosperity, and honor as your reward. Hmm. So what does that look like for me? I had to come to that place of intimacy with God, but the way that he allowed me to walk that out on earth was through my wife lisa and what we had to go <laughs> ooh, what we had to go through in our marriage and just the things that we have experienced um and and we're we're not any different than than y'all, right? cuz everyone has a story but there's in 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 what we went through, there was a place that we had to come to in unity with one another, because before we were fighting so hard, we were fighting so hard to be in agreement knowledge wise like well, we've got to be on the same page you know we've got to we've got to to know you know what we're going after you know if if God saying for you to go give that person $200 is he telling me that too? You know like it was like this, this whole knowledge based agreement that that we that we had going on and it, it didn't serve our relationship well at all. It Didn't serve our kids well. Because there was a lot of turmoil and things that that were in that. You know, I had my way of thinking, she had her way of thinking. It was like it was like we were in constant battle with one another, right? In the, you know, Enemy was just like, yeah, you know, sitting back, man, this is amazing. You know, the this marriage is just crumbling right before my eyes. And yeah, we had to put a stop to that. We we had to put a stop to that because that is that was a lie. And I know that he has purpose for our marriage. And so when we both started going into that place of intimacy with God. Operating from humility towards one another. Then we got out of our heads. The knowledge and the the quote-unquote agreement from a knowledge perspective, it left. And we found a way through God and what he was showing us. We found that way to operate from a place of unity. Because she didn't have to agree with me. I didn't have to agree with her, but we were in unity. Now, what that looked like, that did look like her submitting from a place of as a wife to some of the decisions that I made. Um, now, she has a gift of discernment, and so there were some decisions that I was making that she, <laughs> she wasn't in agreement with, right? Like, she was like... I don't know about that. But from that place of unity that we had, we, we, were, we were able to step into it. And guess what? Some of my decisions weren't the best. <laughs> and we had to learn, but we learned together. It wasn't just me learning on my own. It wasn't just her learning on her own. We learned together. We learned how to go after our children. We, ha- we learned how to go after ministry together. We learned how to go after people and marriages together. We weren't doing our own, we're not doing our own thing. And so there's, there's always opportunities, you know, for the enemy to come into that and try to disturb that unity, right? But because we're both in humility and submitted to God, submitted to relationship with him, we're able to do the same thing with each other. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. We're, there's still some things that, you know, God is working out in us. But I share that because we need to know that God has a has a special place for us to just behold him, to know him, to focus on him, to be intimate with him. And, and that... That humility is just, it continues to allow space for him to move in our life. You know, you, you, you look at look at you look back at these stories in, in the Bible about what moved God. Yes, it was faith that moved God, but what was what was behind that? What was behind faith? It was humility. It was always operating from a place of I'm not as important as you, God. I'm not as important as what you're saying. I'm not as. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you, Father. We don't have to perform for Him. We don't have to perform for Him. We get to love him. He loves us. He knows us. Hmm. Oh, thank you, Father. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Oh. So from that place of following God, let's, let's just lean into him right now. And as I close, I want to I encourage you because God has given, put a gift of encouragement in me. And I feel like he wants to operate in that right now. So I know that there's conviction. I know that there's movement in your life. There's humility that you're stepping into. There's intimacy in relationship that you're stepping into. But just know that he is not leaving you. Just know that no matter what you do, there's always an opportunity to connect. There's always an opportunity to be with him. And so, from that place of encouragement, thank you, Father. I'm hearing that there's a struggle that seems insurmountable. But there is nothing that God can't overcome. There is nothing that he can't do. He is the provider. He wants you to know that. He wants you to know that from an intimate place, from a a place of connection, connection. have to do it on your own. He's right there. He's right there. He's right there. Reach out your hand. Reach out your hand. Because it won't just stay there. He's going to grab it. He's going to pull you up. He's gonna love you, he's gonna show you, he's gonna clothe you, he's gonna provide for you, he's gonna know you, he's gonna love you. And there's a place that you're gonna come to with him that brings unity, that brings revelation of identity, that leaves no question to the enemy that you're free from pride. You're free from those chains that are holding you back. You're free from that arrogance of thinking that you know it all. You know everything. There's freedom. There's freedom that we're stepping into right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's everybody stand. Thank you, Father. If you're ready to go deeper with him, it may look like what he did with me and said, get up out of bed. You have your comfort zone. You have your your level of of knowing. It's like, oh, man, I can stay right here, and I I can be fine. I can stay right here, and I'll get through it, you know. It's going to be okay. You can tell yourself that, or you can let God tell you that. I want to encourage you to let God tell you that. Let Him be your firm foundation. (sighs) Open yourself to Him in a way that you've never done before. And He's going to give you something that you, He's going to give you something from who you are. Because He gives, He gives to your identity. He gives to your identity. He's not taking anything away from that. He gives to it. Receive what he has for you today. Every one of you is unique. There's a billion people that have been in this world, and everyone is unique, and he has a unique and original relationship and love for all billions of people. Just know That he loves you. So the altar is open. But you can receive where you're at. Make a move. Wake up. Get out of bed. Let him love you. I guess we're going to spend some more time worshiping him, focusing on him, letting him be the God that he is. But if you need to go, feel free to go. I want to be respectful of your time, but just know that you're invited to stay with us as we celebrate God, as we worship him, as we step into more of our identity and being free, being free to operate in his love and in that relationship.